And welcome to another edition of the War Room here on KOKC. I am your host, Sean Fry, and I'm joined by Brianna Vollmer, the newest co-athletic director at Labette County High School, also an assistant volleyball and girls basketball coach. Still, right? You're still holding those roles? Correct. Welcome back to the War Room in your new role. Congratulations on being promoted to co-athletic director. Thank you. I'm super excited about it. Uh, was that something, were you, when you were at Erie High School, you know, n- nearly a decade ago at this point, uh, were you, uh, an athletic director there? I was not, but okay. I had a kind of a bigger role there in a smaller school setting of mm-hmm. setting up for things and organization and all of that. You were athletic director in spirit there. In just, spirit just a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, what, what made you want to chase after this role? I know David Dainty and Sean Price had kind of shared that role uh, this past year, David Dainty, he was a guy who came over from Southeast. He's now going to be an assistant principal at Columbus, from what I understand. So there was a vacancy there. Uh, and what made you want to go after it? Uh, I've always said that I'm working on my uh, master's right now to be a building leader. And I always said that I wanted to stay in the athletics world. And so I think um, as of now, and things always change, that I've always wanted to be an athletic director. I think that um, I can serve students well. And I know the world of athletics, that's my whole life and always has been. So I think I can bring some positive things. And I'm a Labette County kid. At, <laughs> I graduated from there and I know the school system. I know the community. And I think I bring a lot to the table. Uh, first uh, female ever uh, to be hired as the athletic director at that school too, right on the heels of the first female principal being hired. I know, St- you know, I talked to Stacy Smith yesterday. She She's all hyped about it. Uh, what does that say? Do you feel like about the direction of, of 506? I think we're, I think they made some really good choices um, with who they chose. We just kind of happened to be females. Uh, wanted a, I, I, I think that's kind of opposite in my beliefs, um, but I do believe that I got, and I just happened to be a female and that's the same with Stacy. I'm super excited about her and uh, her vision of school and the things that she does for students. I'm sure and where she's leading us and I'm excited as well and what I bring to the table. I think USC 506 is making great decisions and choices and where we're headed. You know, you look at uh, the the state of Labette County right now, taking over that athletic department. What do you see something that that you and Price want to address, whether it's something administrative or uh, just right off the bat? You took the role. Everybody wants to go in guns a blazing. What what guns a blazing for you? <laughs> guns a blazing. <laughs> um, I mean, first and foremost, I'm not taking over until October. I'm yeah. gonna focus my attention uh, on volleyball season. And I think that's the intent of bringing me on board is um, they know that I want to focus on volleyball and finishing that season. And then uh, right now I'm kind of in training, meaning I'm doing a lot of the the paperwork behind the scenes and I'm not necessarily organizing all the other sporting events that come with fall. I mean, obviously I'm going to be at a lot of things and I'm already at a lot of things, but um, guns a blazing, I think (laughs) Um, in the day and age right now, honestly, having full seasons and making sure those go as smoothly as possible. Uh, last season in the SDK was wild and crazy with the amount of quarantines that we had and um, just and how our league played out specifically in the volleyball season was stressful. Nobody escaped unscathed, including Labette County, but I do want to say Labette County girls in particular, and when I look at the basketball and the volleyball season, you guys, you guys got your full seasons in. You had a couple quarantines here and there. You had a couple reschedules here and there, but Labette County got through it. Uh, knock on wood, we got through <laughs> it. Um, I don't know how. I have no idea how. I, 
it was honestly perfect timing uh, when we had mm-hmm. our positive case during um, basketball season. So fortunately enough, it happened over Christmas break and we didn't uh, miss any games. We had some mm-hmm. reschedules, but fortunately we got to reschedule them. Uh, volleyball season, we had some kids that were quarantined at horrible times for them and for us during the sub-state tournament and the state tournament. And it's super unfortunate. My heart breaks for them. And I think um, you can't look ahead too much. Um, I know that wasn't answering your question, but my my focus is on getting through the season and keeping kids in school. Mm-hmm. And I think we start there. And one thing I, I've always said about this, this pandemic, this virus is, there are schools that do nothing right and get through it, and there are schools that do everything right and just get hit over and over again. So there, there is some luck to it. There's a lot of measures you can take to mitigate your risk, but it's ultimately, you know, there, there's a lot of uncontrollables out there. I'm, you know, you look at last year and and how we dealt with the virus. I, I think we're aware of how society has. And I think we're, you and I can probably say we're a part of this too. We fatigued a little bit when it comes to dealing with COVID. Uh, you know, I'm right there as well. Uh, how do you deal with a community that, you know, I don't know what 506 is going to do. I know USD 503 at Parsons just voted to wear masks in schools for the first 30 days. And I I, I would say this community is probably, you know, Parsons was probably more ready to take on COVID in terms of its health guidelines than, than the city of Altamont was. And I guarantee it's going to be super controversial and not well, that that's not going to be well received. We might have to go into a fall again where you guys might have to wear massive buildings because we're seeing these uptake in cases. How are you prepared to deal with that? As I understand you don't start until October, but you are a volleyball coach. You will have parents to answer to. Uh, How do you kind of prepare for doing this again and knowing that it's probably going to be, it might be harder to convince some parents of it. Absolutely. I think um, being transparent with everything and informing them of everything that's going to happen because last year we learned so much about the process and that was literally by the hour we were learning as we go. We, we know a whole lot more now, but again, it's going to change and just that communication piece and uh, knowing what's going to happen. And um, I, it's a huge hot topic right now. Um, it's it's going to get scary. Uh, it's going to get um, heated. And I think all we can do is prepare our athletes in the best way that we can and be transparent about what's going to happen. And um, we learned a lot as teachers last year about what we can do uh, as far as social distancing and, and all of those things. But um, it's changing by the day. Uh, I went to an administrative meeting uh, last week, and the first thing they said is that it's going to continue to change by the day. Um, So I think just being flexible, um, doing what we know and sanitizing. They talked about girls wrestling or all wrestling in general, and they had no um, issues with skin and kids not being able to wrestle because we're taking the precautions and we're washing hands and we're making sure kids Mm -hmm. are showering and um, we're staying away from kids and just that screening process before the kids come to school, I think is super important. Yeah. If I don't feel good, stay home. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we have to take that on again. Uh, you know, if you don't feel good, you've got to stay home. Uh, you got to go get tested and um, do the right thing as far as that's concerned. And I think that's a start. Uh, we're going to have positive cases pop up. It's inevitable. Um, it's going to happen. But our administration has done a great job as far as um, keeping track of kids and um, how do we 
social distance and how do we plan our lunchtime so that we're keeping kids away from each other and um, how are we making class sizes smaller so that we have less kids in rooms and I, we're going to do all of those things again. Um, obviously, we're not having the online component that's mm-hmm. um, gone away. That's Acacia thing as well. But, uh, you have to be in at least an hour of class um, in order to be eligible for any extracurricular activities. So an hour in the, in the building, in the building. That's correct. Okay. So, I mean, you've got kids out with college classes and different things like that, but an hour in the building um, to be eligible for that. So, um, I mean, we've got to take it day by day and we've got to do what we know works and that's wash hands, social distance. Don't come to school if you're not feeling well and, um, Stay in communication with kids and who have you been around, what's happening, be conscious of that. And I hate that for kids because that's such a big um, mental health component. It's stressful. It's stressful for me mm-hmm. and, you know, we're we're headed right back into it. And I hate that for kids and I hate that for them staying in our classrooms. But uh, that's what's best for kids. And I think that's the intent behind um, us bringing kids back into the classroom. I saw resilience out of a lot of the kids that I covered throughout the year, though. I don't want to say they didn't care, but re- they didn't care. If you, they had to wear masks, okay. They'll, they'll do it. They'll do what they had to do to get there, really without much complaining. I saw more complaining out of adults than I did out of kids, and I'm sure you can attest to that as well. Absolutely. I've never, you know, I can't sit here and say that my senior year, I get quarantined at the in the middle of my basketball season, I don't know how I would have handled that. And these kids just handle it time and time again and say, okay, what do we got to do? How do we get back? And mm-hmm. um, I gotta, if I got to wear a mask, I got to wear a mask. And uh, if I've got to stay six feet from my friends and eat lunch by myself, that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. And these kids have just been so tough and they've done it again this summer. And if we came back and said, hey, we're going to wear a mask so we can have a volleyball season or a football season or whatever the case may be, they're going to say, uh, yes, ma'am, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And I, it just blows my mind at the resiliency of kids and um, what they're willing to do. And I've also heard a lot of things from parents and say they're saying um, it may not be what they want, but they want their kids to to be involved and they want their kids to have seasons. That's That's been something that they, you know, that mindset is an iteration of something I've had since the start of this. You know, do I like wearing masks? No. Do I believe it's responsible? Yes. Do I, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, the point being, what, what would I rather do, you know, stand up for my belief in no mask or no vaccine or go to work? <laughs> like, I want like I want to go to work because guess what? The the county health department cares. So and they're going to they're going to sit my ass in quarantine if I don't, yes. you know, do certain things. And I want to be able to go to work and live my life. And I, I've never understood how some people how some people weigh that cost benefit analysis, whereas to me, you know, those kids, they, they sacrifice anything to be on that court sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, uh, my beliefs don't matter right now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I can express them all I want, but at the end of the day, I've got to do what I've got to do to be there for kids, and kids are going to do the exact same thing. They want to be in school. Uh, I know we love snow days, and we love, <laughs> um, you know, the initial, oh, I get quarantined, I'm at home for two weeks. You know, that's draining. Well, that they wear, want to, uh, wears off about- it, about two days in, you it start does. losing your mind. And kids want to be in school and they want to be um, involved with things and they want to see their friends and they want to see their teachers. And um, I truly believe USD 506 wants kids in the classroom and we're going to do what it takes to keep them there. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't think really anyone does. I mm-hmm. know that we're having um, more board meetings and we're having surveys and we're, we're figuring out the information. But 
Um, I truly believe we're going to do what's best for kids and whether that be um, keep them in the classroom or what's best for them mental health wise. Uh, we're going to do that and try our best. And again, it's trial and error. And um, it's just we're under such a microscope right now. And and coming back to me being athletic director, I, I take my platform extremely seriously and um, who I represent. And I'm excited the most about that of the group of people that I represent as an athletic director. But most of all, I want kids to be in school and I want them to get the benefits mm-hmm. of being in school and uh, being around people and having the resources that are available to them by being in a classroom. And um, I just hope and pray that we get um, somewhat normal of a school year and we keep kids in there and um, we battle it out and the kids are going to do what it takes. And we are too. All right. That'll uh, do me a, do me a favor, stick around. Uh, We'll come back after this quick break. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about what volleyball might look like this year, just on the court recap last season a little bit i'll tell you that the way last season that last regular regular season that was just nuts wasn't it uh we'll be back here on the war room with more brandon volmer co-athletic director assistant volleyball and assistant girls basketball coach at Lebec county high school don't go anywhere we're back here on kokc radio nailed it this time i'm your host Sean <laughs> fry here on the war room i'm joined by brandon volmer uh back from a commercial break brandon volmer the new co-athletic director at Lebec county high school uh, you start in October after volleyball season, where you're also an assistant coach. Let's talk a little volleyball. You guys are the defending SEK League champs. And by talking about volleyball, I want to flash back a little bit to a little just shy of a year ago, um, how that regular season ended. Uh, you guys came in hot off your uh, tournament at Burlington? Uh, Anderson County. Well, Anderson County. Knew. Yeah. And- um. Chanu, we played terrible. I, I don't think it mattered who we played that day at the Chanu tournament. Um, we were going to lose. <laughs> we just, um, we hadn't gotten it together, and the girls will define it as a come-to-Jesus moment. And um, Coach Wilson was calm and just said, hey, we're going to figure it out. And we kind of figured it out, and we went in. Right, right there. Um, right there, and we figured it out, and we had a huge run towards the end of the season. Then we went to the Anderson County tournament. and mm-hmm. um, we, I want to say... I can't remember. Did you guys win the Anderson County tournament? Uh, no, I don't think we did. We got. Was it second or third then? Around in there, I do believe. Okay. Um, I mean, I want to say you lost maybe one match there, and but then you ran the table of like your last thirteen. I think you won eleven. Yes, and I think one of those losses was the state tournament loss, and one happened to be at Anderson County. Yes, but you guys were rolling down the end of the year, and I really want to ask about that last week because you guys had a senior night. In Altamont, where you brought in Parsons and Independence and Fort Scott, I think. Uh, somebody else was there. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, that night was interesting for a lot of reasons. One, obviously, you guys are playing hot. You needed those wins. Indy was coming off quarantine. Indy was a very good team. They were hunting that league title. And Parsons goes and clips one from them, an upcoming Parsons team that I think everybody in the league right now, including Heather Wilson, thinks they might be a little spicy this year in the league. Uh then fast forward to like two or three days later, I think it was two days later, you guys got to go to Independence because Independence had to reschedule a try with you and Chanute, uh because of their quarantine issues. This was your regular season finale, and all three teams there had an opportunity in a road to go win the SEK League title, and you and Independence were the only ones that controlled their destiny. Independence beat Chanute to start the night. So then you got so then it's Lebec County and in, in Independence playing for a league title. 
The match goes three sets. You guys, I believe, are down 21-16 in that third set and came back and won it. Th those two nights in like a three-day span, that had to have just been... I don't understand how you kept up with it. Anybody <laughs> kept up with it psychologically. It was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, just peaking at the right time and how practices had gone and... Um, we peaked at the right time. I mean, it couldn't have gone more perfectly for us. Um, and you're right. We had that game lost. Literally had lost. You, all I know, and I know Heather Wilson to this day, and she's right probably away, that she will preach that she trusted that lineup and that is one of her better rotations out there. But what I saw was you guys were down 21-16 and Ana Dina was sitting in the back row. Yep. And I'm sitting like, oh. That's going to be a tough one. I know. <laughs> like I mean, and then sure enough, right then and there, they found it. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just put it together. I remember I got so mad and I'm superstitious. And so you'll see me like, if we go on a really bad run, I'll get up and move around or I'll switch somebody's <laughs> seats or whatever. And I was just like, I'm done. So I went and stood in the back and, and then here we come. And then I didn't move for like several points. And then we lost a point. I was like, all right, I can move now. And we just... We, we finished, you know, it was the best test for us going into substate. And um, I'm just so proud of the kids in that moment. Um, we stuck with the lineup. You know, there's a mm -hmm. thousand things that you could have done. And um, they were resilient in that moment. You know, I think every coach is going to try to light a fire under you somehow. And she tried literally everything that you could think of. To, First league title for you guys in a long time. In a in long that. time. I mean, we talk constantly about hanging a banner. And I don't think we've hung a banner for 10 years, I do believe it was. In volleyball, uh, yeah. In volleyball. We hadn't hung a banner in like 10 years, and um, we finally did it. And, you know, it carried over into Substate, and we hosted. Which was like two days later. <laughs> which was like two days later, and um, that was the crazy COVIDness, you know. Uh, <laughs> we just didn't know how it was going to play out or that we would even get those games. And so we got them in, and that was the tough test. And I think uh, Coach Wilson would talk about this, and our girls are resilient. You know, we're the only school within how many miles that doesn't have air conditioning in their gym, and um, you know, I I think <laughs> never you know, let that issue die. <laughs> I think you can only say that that creates mental toughness for kids. I mean, that's hard to do. It, it was it definitely took some practice time away really early with how hot it was, and um, no other teams really have to deal with those conditions. And um, those kids were resilient and to do it in the fashion that we did it. I'm so proud of them and that moment and they'll get that forever. And I'm, I'm so happy for them. Uh, and then you guys made the state tournament face a tough Ottawa team that was a lot, you know, yes, we don't need to sugarcoat it. They, <laughs> that was, that was not a pleasant experience you guys had at the state tournament. It was not, um, uh, they, they played really fast. I want to say they were a fast yeah. team that was clicking really well. Uh, how, you know, that kind of ending, and again, that was maybe three days after Substate, if that, because you guys played Substate on a Saturday, I believe you guys played your home match in the state tournament in Altamont on a Tuesday. You know, over the course of a calendar week, you had a senior night, an SEK League championship night, a Substate and a state tournament. Obviously never ended the way you wanted it to, but, you know, you look back on just the emotional ups and downs and toll of that week. How does that sit with you a year later? Um, you know, as an AD, we've had conversations about, um, you know, what can How we cool is it to be able to say that now? <laughs> right? huh? That's awesome. Um, I think the conversation needs to be had earlier about, you know, what are we going to do if games get canceled? Uh, you know, we need to have a plan on what's going to happen in our league and 
um, even from higher up, I think hopefully they'll have those conversations on, you know, what happens because when it gets down to the crunch, you know, we're trying to squeeze these games in and for whoever's the eventual winner, that's going to be a tough stretch for you. Um, it was a tough stretch for Indy, you know what I mean? Coming off such a huge break and then playing and playing and playing and, um, you know, trying to keep your oh, legs hats and, off to them. They did, uh, yes. they did nothing but yes but hats off play to their them. hearts out that that last week for them yes and i think literally every team in our league dealt with it in some point or another and it's just hard for kids and it's hard on their bodies and i i think that's why we've established the acclimation um policies of kids coming back and it's just always something being thrown at you and mm -hmm. the fact that you know we pushed through and we did what we did as far as league title and substate title in such a short amount of time like you said is a testament to our kids' mental toughness and um, their resiliency and um, just coming in day out, day in and day out, like you said, and said, you know, I got to do what it, I got to do. And our motto was better together and we're going to do this together. And we did that. And um, I think looking forward or looking ahead, um, we're going to have to do it all over again. It's going to be the same thing. And you guys have the strong core, the, the, the thought process around Labette County girls athletics, particularly with volleyball and girls basketball this year, is you have the, the overwhelming majority of your core coming back. Uh, and the league itself is doing a lot of reshuffling. I think you're going to see Parsons play a little better in those two sports. I think they're going to finish near the middle. They have the opportunity to finish near the middle of the league. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going through some reshuffling. Indy's going through some reshuffling. Chanute's going to be younger this mm -hmm. year. Uh, there's a lot of... The league is kind of going through some, some changes. I, I think... You know, the media in me is going to say, I think the league as a whole is going to be a little down, but Labette County is going to be very strong. That places a lot of expectations on you. I see that look on your face right now. You're like, you just want to go out there and play your schedule and do what's in front of you and live up to the goals that you set for yourselves. Those goals by the community, I'm sure the goals by yourself are going to be, we, we got to at least match what we did a year ago. Absolutely. Well, that, puts you, that, means you're, that means there's only eight, there's only eight teams that do what you do. Yeah, I mean, I think the expectation is always we want to win a state championship. And if we're doing the things that we need to do, um, we're going to take care of those things. But as we move forward, we have to focus on one game at a time. Um, and we do bring our core back in both sports. And um, I'm extremely excited about this group and the loss to Ottawa, I think, is motivation and it's experience for those kids. And that's something that all these other teams don't have. And so I think we're going to use that moving forward and um, get better every day and take it one day at a time. And uh, we've really put a lot of faith in our strength and conditioning this summer. I, I think mm -hmm. the positive coming out of COVID was that we got a lot of lifting in. Uh, we didn't have our camps and... Um, we didn't have all of those things. So all we did was lift and work on our conditioning last summer. And so we tried to bring some of that back and um, with what we're doing and uh, our strength. And hopefully that transfers over onto the court and keeping kids healthy and um, keeping them involved. And I'm super excited about this group and where they're headed. And the expectation, I think, at Labette County is a double-edged sword in that yeah. um, it's always amazing to to have such a level of program, even dating back to way before I was in school, of 
Um, this is the expectation. The expectation is to and win. And it's met really fr- very, um, pretty frequently. <laughs> and, you know, I think uh, the other side of that is, you know, that's a lot of pressure. I think that's a target on your back. And we've already started to have those conversations with the kids of, hey, you've got a target on your back now. And how do we deal with those emotions? And um, we take it one game at a time. And every single match is important. Every single opponent's important. And, you know, our league, like you said, with youth or with, um, brand new squads and teams and roles that come surprise and you just don't know. I, I'm excited about our league this year. I think Parsons is, Brooks got everybody coming along and um, I'm excited about them. We saw a lot of their kids at Southeast Tournament, um, our SEK League. Uh, you just never know what to expect and I'm excited about this year. Well, hey, uh, Vollmer, you want to stick around one more one more break? Uh, I want to get. I want to get some thought. We're gonna. We're gonna talk public-private classification. So, just nothing easy when you, <laughs> when you come and talk to me. Uh, if you're listening on air on the radio, that'll do it. Uh, head online to hear the rest of my conversation with Brianna Vollmer. Go to the. Go wherever you get you podcasts, or go to the KLKC website. Thanks for coming on, Bri. As always, always Thank fun you. to have you. Uh, we'll be back with more War Room here on KLKC. Don't go anywhere. And we're back on the War Room for our lot for the. Uh, Last segment here, uh, Brianna Vollmer, uh, new co-athletic director at Labette County High School. Let's talk about some of the administrative positions you might have to take and advocate for um, being an athletic director at Labette County High School. Um, and the first one I want to talk about is the issue of public versus private and, uh, and, and how, the, how the private schools are classified. Labette County seems to have the Bishop Meage flu bug every postseason. I, 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 think I've, I think the last time I wrote it, I wrote about it. I think it's in the last six, last five years, Labette County has faced Bishop Meage in the post in in an elimination postseason game five times, twice in football, mm-hmm. once in girls basketball, and twice in boys basketball. Mm-hmm. Were you there? Were you on staff when they fa- when they faced them in girls basketball? I was not. I think that was that was your last year at Erie. Then yes, I remember when. Because Erica Gartner was on that team, and so obviously Tristan Gegg was as well. That, that was kind of that group a little bit. And I remember that group being very – it was mm-hmm. Erica Gartner's senior year. Yes. And, I mean, that was a special group that had two NCAA, two very quality NCAA D2 talents on it in addition to a you know a solid core around it. And they they got ran out of the building by Bishop Meage. And I, I, some, I sit there and wonder sometimes, you know – is Bishop Meage just the boogeyman? But anyway, you guys have you guys have been probably disproportionately affected by private good private schools, even more so than other schools that complain about it. I'm curious what your stance is on it and what you would press as if given the opportunity to speak on it. What what is the Labette County Co-Athletic Director's stance on this? Um, I think we need a fair playing field. I think. Um no matter how we look at it or opinions, we have to have a, a fair shot at winning ball games and big ball games, whether it be in substate or in a state tournament, um, hopefully that we get there. But um, no matter how you look at it, we have to have a, a fair playing field, period, in my opinion. Have you seen the proposal that's on the table right now? A have little bit. Okay. Well, I, I like it. Now, leave it to Keisha to come up with the most complicated solution <laughs> you can think of. But at the same time, I, I, I think this might be the best solution I've seen in the country. 
and I genuinely mean that. So basically, it's a it's a three pronged multiplier, and every private school starts with a multiplier of one. So if you multiply yes. by one, that's what everybody is. Um, and it can go up or down. It can go up based on like three factors. The first one is your location. So if there's like a four A or five A in your area versus a six A, it can go up by 0.3 or 0.15. So if there was a private school like in between Parsons and Labette County, they would get tagged with like a 0.15, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Mary's Colgan will get tagged with 0.3 because they have five A Pittsburgh right there. Um, Another one is success multiplier. If you have 10 state championships, I believe over a five-year period or something like that, over a, over a set time frame. And that includes all activities, by the way. Uh, you get tagged with a multiplier. And I think it's funny because it's like the number is 10. So, like, a school is going to be at nine and, like, a debate state championship counts. So you're going to have yeah. the you're gonna have the boys basketball coach on <laughs> the debate coach. Don't fuck us on this. <laughs> um, and then... The last one, which is my favorite, is a uh, it, it goes on based on free and reduced lunch rates. Uh, you get tagged with a multiplier. I believe it's 0.15. Um, if your free or reduced lunch rate is above, or I'm sorry, is below at or below 20 percent, mm-hmm. which means like it's all it's all kids that are yes privileged out at the at the school. Uh, so, and those those multipliers, so those three, they add up. So, let's say you get tagged with a 1.5 in each category. Well, now you're sitting at a 1.45 multiplier, which is fairly high. That's that's actually on the, that's probably the medium to upper end of what you see in the country. Uh, but it also leaves room for the private schools that genuinely are not athletic powerhouses. They're there to, they're parochial schools that serve a niche community that don't even hardly compete in mm-hmm. athletics they're not going to get tagged with anything of significance. I'm curious what do you have a reaction to how that plan sounds to you? Um, I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, um like I said, an evil even playing field and um I think the most significant is how many titles have you won and um from an educational standpoint, we have to factor in all the other things, you know, free and reduced yeah. lunches and um you know, even those kids giving them an even playing field if that's mm-hmm. what it means. Um there's a lot of opinions about it, um, but like I said, uh, the competitive edge in me—I want a fair shot at it. I want mm-hmm. just like anyone else. Period. I mean, let's just be real. If Bishop Meage is at the state tournament for basketball, the rest of the field is playing for second. Yeah, in some years past, I mean, yeah. For example, they've got someone playing on the junior national team right now overseas, and yeah. um, you know, amazing training to win gold yes i mean amazing <laughs> basketball player and um i mean she has to go somewhere obviously yeah. I, I want it's not her fault <laughs> it's not i want to i want to play the best always but um is that fair and mm-hmm. uh i don't and i also don't want to you know people say like they say bishop Meage artificially reduces their population to stay for a well, no, they're like a middle-of-the-pack population for a yes. school. The Catholic Church is not skipping. You know, I did the math one time to see, like, if they just got two 5A, you know, what would it be in tuition? And it's like a, half a million to a million dollars. The Catholic Church is not skipping out on a cool half million <laughs> so Bishop B.H. High School can win a state championship in basketball. Yeah. That is not what's going on. No. And also they say, you know, oh, Bishop B.H., they just recruit, recruit, recruit. Okay, well, first off, if you're if you're a Catholic family with a good athlete in Johnson County or Overland Park, you probably are just going to send your kid to Bishop Meage anyway. But two, 
I've I've told every single soul on earth. I'm I am a journalist. I'm a newspaper writer. You bring me proof of recruiting from anybody, and I will put it on my front page. And nobody's ever done it. Yeah. So don't don't tell me they're breaking the rules if you can't prove it. Let's live in the world that we know where the facts are to an extent. And I'm not sitting here trying to defend Bishop Meage, but you know, Bishop Meage gets vilified a lot, as does Bishop Carroll, and maybe for good reason. But let's let, let's create a system where let's whittle down some of these questions. I guess it would be my advocacy. Absolutely. On it. I mean, I think that as administrators, uh, you have to look at all of those things, and you have to look for the benefit. Not just um, athletics, but you have to look at the benefit of academics and being a student first. And um, I think that's what's always going to be looked at. Um, but, you know, my world revolves a lot around athletics and mm-hmm. those experiences. And we want our kids and um, by our kids, meaning um, Lovett County High School, to have the same experiences and opportunity at those experiences and not just, um, you know, once in a lifetime or once in 25 years versus, you know, we've won 20 state championships over the course of the last five years. So um, I think that's what we're always looking at from the administrative side. And um, we want our kids to have the opportunities as well, um, just as anyone else would. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing you brought up to me over the phone, I didn't, I didn't throw the quote in, in the story, but one thing you brought up almost organically over the phone was the potential introduction of a shot clock into Kansas high school basketball. Uh, I, I can't remember how Keisha worded it, but they said like they're essentially thinking about it at this point. Uh, it, it would be a costly addition depending on how sophisticated you want the system to be. Quick question. Does the, do the hoops at Labette County High School, your main gym, do they have the ring light, a red ring light around the backboard? Yes, we do. Okay. So that means it's a more modern scoreboard setup yes. than in general. Uh, which may mean it's actually a little cheaper to install the shot clock then because where it becomes costly is where you have scoreboards that were designed in the 70s trying to trying to be compatible with a shot clock that wasn't introduced into the sport until like the 80s. Yes. So uh, what's your position on the shot clock, both maybe from an X's and O's standpoint, and now you got to deal with is, is this a cost that the, a district might want to bear that you would advocate for? I think there's two sides of the story, like you said. There's the administrative side and the money side, and then I think there's the basketball side, and I kind of play both of those roles now. Yeah. Um, the administrative side is can we get it done? You know, these smaller schools, um, I came from a smaller school and coming from Erie and um, could it have been done? I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, we built a brand new school and their gym um, is fairly modern and, and it is it's not very well lit for how modern it is. Um, I only noticed that because I, because I had to take photos there, but yeah, well, they <laughs> I hung, love the school, by the way, I'm not trying to, you know, their school, it's beautiful. I it mean, is. um, I had a, I was coming in when they were designing and had a little bit of say so in that they hung the banners. Um, have they changed that since they had the flag banners that hung up and took out some of the lighting. So I think that was part of the issue. So next time you go look and see if they, yeah. they changed it or not. Um, but they, they didn't like that either, but they didn't have a choice at the time. So, um, again, money, you know, not being able to afford the changes. And I think that's a, a huge thing that we need to look at. Then there's the, we talked about closing the gap right now. Uh, we see a huge gap from the junior high level to the high school level. Um, mm-hmm. I think in all sports and, we want to try to close that gap as coaches. So whether that be offering camps or communication with junior high coaches or 
however we get that gap closed, we want to do that. And how far are we lengthening the gap by adding a shot clock to the high school level? Um, I think that's a way to look at it. And, um, you know, because the shot clock's inevitably going to speed up the game. And I think that's yeah. what we want to see is we hear these horse stories of we stalled for, you know, seven minutes and 59 seconds of an eight minute quarter. And um, does that happen all the time? No, I think a lot of coaches, I have a, a lot of respect for them and how they value the game and we want to play and we want to win like mm-hmm. we're supposed to win. Does that happen? Absolutely. Yes, it it's does. It's happened to you guys. Gerard did it to you. And to an extent, that's not the Gerard coach's fault. It's yeah. following the rules. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're breaking the rules. I think that's just an ethical thing and a personal yeah. how I want to coach and bring to the table and win games and to each his own. And you get that <laughs> choice, just like I get to run whatever offense I want to run or mm-hmm. um, whatever. But from a passionate basketball person yeah. um, who played AU basketball and college basketball, um, I'm all for it. I think it challenges me as a coach. I think it challenges kids athletically. Um you know, some coaches will say we don't, we aren't as talented. So that's easy to say, mm-hmm. Lebec County. But uh, I, I just think it brings a whole new challenge the to the ball game and how we coach. And um, you know, we don't have a whole lot of kids that go play college basketball. We have some more so than probably a lot in this area. But you know, I think it shortens the gap um, when you talk about going from high school to college. And yeah, um, I'm all for it and just the way the game is played. Um, I don't know what area coaches want. Uh, what do you think the number should be on the shot clock? What do you think the shot clock should be in high school? I mean, 40 to 45 seconds. I, I think yeah. speeding the game up that much, you're just going to see so many more errors. and Yeah. It shouldn't be 30 craziness. or 35. No. No, absolutely not. I, I think that's yeah. way too fast-paced. Um, and especially transitioning, you know, <laughs> if we get it implemented and – Five years down the road, if we want to speed the game up even more, that's a change that could even happen. But absolutely not. I don't think 30 to 35 seconds. I would seconds. love to go watch your your entire season last year for girls basketball at Labette County and look at your possessions and wonder, would you have ever violated a 45-second shot clock without by design? Like, I'm sure you maybe got to an end of a close game and yeah, were holding yeah. it a little bit. but Probably not. We like, love... Fast break you basketball. Guys, you guys um, go. <laughs> uh, Coach Snyder loves fast break basketball, and that's um, her philosophy, and that's our philosophy. Mm-hmm. And we love to push and transition and get the ball on the floor, and um, that's just us. We we love the quick hit, and um, that's again coaching style and uh, what you want to do. I, I think it would benefit us and mm-hmm. the style of offense that we run. Um, you know. Have I always run that kind of offense? No, I've I've slowed things down. You know, when you don't have um, kids that can get up and down the floor, you know, mm-hmm. it's to your benefit to slow things down and um, come off screens and different things like that. But um, again, it's coaching philosophy and it's going to challenge me and it's going to challenge me to change my ways and um, become a better coach and, you know, teach new things and speed the game up and teach skill set and, I, it, it makes me excited because I'm a, a student of the game and I love basketball and I love watching mm-hmm. basketball. So I'm excited about it. Um, can we get it accomplished financially? Can we get it accomplished as far as um, a lot of different factors? I'm not sure. I, I hope so. I hope that we can at least entertain the conversation and mm-hmm. um, try something. What? 
without, you know, just hard segue here, what is something about athletics, whether it's how Keisha manages it or a 506 policy or anything with regards to how athletics are run right now, what is something you would love to see change that we haven't talked about? Oh, that's a tough question. Right? It's very um, open-ended. Um, I think being more open to um, different schedules, meaning like, can we switch up the boys and girls game or? Yes! Um, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank um, you. You know, I, I'm all about that. I'm all about recognition. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to achieve what men or boys are trying to achieve. I'm not. I want to showcase what females do well. And that's what I, I want to see. Or maybe even the sport, not, not necessarily male, female, but mm-hmm. maybe a sport that doesn't get as much recognition. You know, they're, they're on the same platform that any other sport would be. I promise the entire Altamont and 506 community over the seven years, I'm going on my eighth season now that I've been in this role with the Parsons Sun. I promise you collectively, aggregately, I have enjoyed watching the Labette County girls more than Labette County boys over my time there. And that's no offense to all the boys that have put in hard work there, particularly, you know, East and Dean and that group that won a league title in football. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we're just talking about the strictly the sport of basketball, you guys have been to the state tournament four or five times and boys made it twice. And that was in a two-year span, mm-hmm. in which you guys were also making it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and the boys have had some pretty down years as well, whereas you guys just never have a down year. A down year for you guys was Tristan Gage's junior year when he finished second in the league and got swept by Pittsburgh, and it was the end of the world when that happened. <laughs> yeah. That is, you know, that's why I, I enjoy going and watching your games more. And I advocated for, you know, one thing I wanted to have happen a couple years ago. It was Nina Taylor senior year at Parsons. Mm-hmm. Parsons was pretty good that year. They beat you guys yes, at one point. They did. Uh, but you guys played on the last regular season date of the year. Until about a week before the season ended, you guys and Parsons were first and second in the league. Parsons was was hot. And, and it looked like they were going to contend for a league title. And it looked until they dropped, they dropped a game at Chanu and a game at Indy that they shouldn't have dropped. Uh, Dustin Fox, although Dustin Fox is a good, great coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Pars- and then Indy hit 17 threes on them. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> hard to beat that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, so that's how Parsons kind of got knocked out of league contention until that last week. But it looked like for the longest time, you guys and Parsons were going to play for a league title on the last regular season game of the year. And so I was pleading with administration, switch the order of the games because the Parsons boys at that time were really good. They were, they had that group with mm-hmm. Daquan and Derek and Devonte Yates and all that. And no offense to the little County boys. They weren't that good that year. I think mm-hmm. that was one of the years they had won two or three games. So the, the boys game and, and, and the substate seating was already set. So, you know, somebody's going to be offended by it. I don't care. That boys game was essentially meaningless mm-hmm. in terms of significance of league standings and playoff seedings. Your game could have been for a league title. I wanted that game switched to to the night slot. And I wonder how that would have gone over had it had we actually gotten to the point where it was for a league title. Yeah, I think um, that's what I want to battle for. You know, think mm-hmm. outside the box. And um, I, I always want to be equal. And I think... Um, Coach Argerbright, I love working with Coach Argerbright, and I think yeah. he he's right in in line with that vision of, hey, we just want to win ball games and we want to support each other, and I just want to have moments and opportunity to think outside the box, just like that, and 
I think he would be pumped for us. You know, he's one of our biggest supporters and um, we are his. And um, I think hopefully that's the direction we're headed. You know, just ideas like that. And um, one thing I'd love to do is have our alumni more involved, meaning uh, not necessarily alumni as in I went to Lebec County High School, but all of our um, girls basketball players and volleyball players and alumni and bring them back and because they're such big supporters of ours. and yeah. um, They do come a lot. I mean, they, they do, do show up and, to the games. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of them that live in Kansas City. Whenever you play Fort Scott, you get a good little crowd up absolutely. there. Absolutely, and that's that's something that I want to highlight. And um, those are ideas to come in the future. But mm-hmm. um, those are things to think about and um, moving forward and just thinking outside the box and um, highlight some things that maybe normally wouldn't get highlighted. I, I think we have the best band in the land Um, let's highlight that more. Our band is awesome and they create that environment for us. And, um, those are things that I want to do, um, moving forward. Uh, I don't know how quickly Mm -hmm. those things will happen, but I know that, um, our administration is on board for, um, whatever we can do to make kids look good. And, uh, we're going to do that. And that's what I want to do. And I want to bring highlight to that. So for example, um, right now ESPN hasn't covered our gold medal USA volleyball team, um, it's a lot of basketball happening right now on ESPN. Yeah. And, you know, those are things that I want to see covered more. Mm-hmm. Um, just like on a national scale and a local scale. And I think you do a great job of covering all the sports and things that we do. And I just want to continue to highlight maybe maybe some sports that don't get as much recognition or mm-hmm. um, teams that don't. And, like, hey, let's switch this t- game time up. Um, see, see how it works. If we don't like it, we don't like it. My opinion is the game that should be the primetime game is the game with the better combined record of the two opponents. So you take the the combined record of both boys' opponents that night and the combined record of both girls' opponents that night. Whichever one has more wins, that should be the nightcap. You're getting yeah. better basketball on that yeah. one. It, it always irked me when, and I, I've told I probably told this story on radio. I've told this story a million times and probably on radio about a dozen, uh, that... It always annoyed me when on Tristan Gig senior night at Labette County High School playing Fort Scott lost the game by the way <laughs> in <laughs> overtime she lost her there's yeah. lost her senior night yeah um but uh <laughs> if Tristan's listening to this she's pissed at us <laughs> but it, it always annoyed me and that I was annoyed from the start with that game because or not from the start but it, Tristan Gig only two thousand point scorer in league history boy or girl. More people showed up to the boys' game that night, and the boys weren't that good that year. And neither were the Fort Scott boys, for that matter. Yeah. Like, what are, like, what are we doing? Come on. I just want— That was the last chance you got to watch one of the best players in league history on her court. Yeah. And, and those are things that um, I think our student body is awesome, but, you know, we want to see just as many people there for 6 o'clock as 7.30. Yeah. Um, and— and the excuse you get is, oh, I got off work and I had to go to dinner and blah, 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 blah. So let's switch the order. And let's, <laughs> let's let's put that theory to the test. Let's at least yeah. eliminate. Let's, let's call a spade a spade and, you know, recognize, you know, what let's I want to I want to see that lived up to essentially. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even going back to when I was in high school, you know, that was always just kind of the ongoing joke of um, we don't get there till seven o'clock or whatever. But I want to change that narrative. I want to. I want to push for, you know, the support and not just talk about it. Let's go do it. And, and mm-hmm. let's have this insane, crazy environment for um, all games across the board, not just one slot. And I think that's what we're going to push for. I know that I am. And I know 
um, you know, Coach Argerbrandt had all his boys fired up and ready to go at all of our games, and he was front row oh, and yeah. present. And um, you that, know, your the first time you got a true student section allowed was that state in the in, for basketball was that state championship game or state tournament game against Lewisburg. That crowd was insanely loud. That wasn't um, in. That was crazy. the loudest I'd heard that gym and. I know that's a painful game and how it ended, mm-hmm. and it probably doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't feel good to have opposing fans in there cheering against you. The objective third party media member in me is going to say the Lewiswick fans were in there and loud as hell, too, with those parents. Yeah. I mean, part of what made that gym loud was them. Yeah, and, and that's what you want. We weren't even at max capacity, yet, you know, because mm-hmm. we sell COVID restrictions. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we want to create for our kids, and we want to create those memories, and we want to create that environment. And it doesn't matter what gender you are or, you know, what team you play for. We want to create those moments for kids. And Mm -hmm. um, I just think that builds confidence and um, either end, they're going to remember that forever, you know, and they're going to talk about that forever. And they feel prideful in knowing that I had a a part in history and a piece in history, however it ends up. And um, that's what we, we gave the girls that night. And I want to give all of our student athletes or students period that recognition and uh, a moment like that, a moment like that, because that's what they're going to remember. That's what, last on and um Mm -hmm. that's important for kids you know um and those are moments that we want to create and i want to be a part of that talk about something a little sadder that lewisburg game you've got to you've got to sit there and think about it for a couple months now (laughs) that game the the basketball analyst in me says you should have won that game yep and the easy on paper answer is you guys did not shoot free throws well in the fourth quarter no, we did not down the stretch. That game was also incredibly physical. It was incredibly close. Lewisburg is a very talented team that year. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I and it that game was in, was a bloody war. Yes, it was extremely physical. I'm curious, you, you how that season ended has sat with you for a little bit now. What, <sighs> what's kind of your takeaway um, months removed from that game? Because that game sits with me still. It sits with me. Um, it's hard. That was hard to swallow. Because you guys um, were up most of it. like We were. And, you know, you just get those feelings when you're coaching or you're playing. And you just feel that. And normally, I've, I feel like I have a good gut feeling. like, um, And I follow my gut. And I never got that, oh, no, gut feeling. And I only had it for maybe... The last 10 seconds. 10 seconds of the ball game and the rest of the game, you know, I just had such a good feeling because our kids were so physical and they just proved themselves and they were scrappy and we didn't play the greatest and we didn't shoot free throws, but we stayed in it. Um, And I thought you guys played well minus the free throws, but but the the bad free throw at the end, it started compounding stuff. Then you started missing some shots inside and then you started turning it over a little bit. Like now... When I say turning it over, I'm not saying, oh, it was just every trip down the floor. But when yeah. you're uh, when you're trying to nurse a four-point lead, that ball's really precious. Yeah. I mean, especially nurse a lead like that in such an intense environment. Yeah. And, I mean, it was loud in there and just, so loud. Um, you know, we played an entire season with two parents in the stands and mm-hmm. a quiet environment and the kids are listening. And to go from that to 100 where it's, 
insanely loud and you're back to that environment in the band and i mean would you guys i think you started that game on like a seven or a nine oh run and yeah. lewisburg had to call an early timeout that place was just it was rocking ranked up yes it was rocking you had students i mean you had you you had students committing technical fouls out there with yeah. getting on the court celebrating during the timeout it was out there yeah, yeah. and for, for the record that was i was joking there were no text calls but what i mean by that is that they were rocking they were up there that's yeah. the loudest i'd heard that play and you know i think we lost the game but we created that moment for those kids and mm-hmm. after going through everything that they went through meaning we had no idea if we we're gonna have a volleyball season we had no idea if we were gonna finish our basketball season and just being on edge and to get to that moment and just give that to the kids and the double-edged sword of that is we lost the game, you know, in that moment and just the buildup and how much work was put into the season by every team across the state. But for us specifically was devastating, you know, and we learned so much about ourselves in that moment, but mm-hmm. most of all, we got to make free throws. It's so hard when it's something easy like that. You know what I mean? Like, it is. It's hard, and that's a tough pill to swallow, you know. And because you guys weren't a bad free throw shooting team all year, you got that was something you were fairly reliable on. Yeah, and I remember after so many big moments, I was like, "Man, we shot, we hit some big free throws down the stretch, and we just, we just didn't get it done, and it, it just wasn't our night." And, um, you know, our kids still talk about the resiliency and how much we battled, and. Um, just walking off the court with bruises and bleeding and scratches everywhere. And As did Lewisburg, by the way. As they did, too. We gave it right back. I mean, we definitely just didn't lay down and die. And mm-hmm. I was so proud of our kids after that game. Um, the officiating in that game wasn't necessarily bad, but they... they So, you could tell there was almost a switch flipped at one point. Yeah. They went from letting it... That, that crew went from letting it ride to... Almost being ticky tack. Yeah, and that's what and, I said, and like that, that's tough to adjust to. Again, I thought that crew was good though for the most part. Yeah, I was. I mean, excited. You had a good crew that night. I was excited about that crew, but I guess one my of pet that peeve, crew, Will Tunsil's been on the show. He's a friend of the show, so I like Will. He's a yeah. good guy. I I was excited about the crew going in, and I think that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, is lack of consistency. If you're gonna let us be physical. Let us be physical. If yeah. you're going to call it early, call it early. And that's how you call it. Um, and we can always make adjustments. But like you said, it's so hard to adjust from the physicality and we're just to we're going to call everything. And mm-hmm. so as a, a basketball person, like we've got to call it consistently throughout so that, you know, we can mentally adjust as from mm-hmm. 14 to 18 year old kids. You know, we're asking them yeah. to make some big adjustments. And um, unfortunately, it didn't fall on our side but mm-hmm. um I, again that's a moment for us to learn from i think at one point in that game snyder during a time like called a timeout or Lewis, a timeout got called by somebody snyder just looked at will and whacked her <laughs> yeah. finger at her and threw it in the yeah, i remember like, that wow. i was like well, I, I was like all right will so we got we got this huddle so here we go um yeah she wasn't happy with it um you know when they dictate the outcome of a game i think that's when we also get fired up and um, but Coach Snyder was not, ha- we all weren't happy with it, but she definitely was going to speak her mind. And she did that yeah. and um, did it help? I don't know. But um, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say they outcome, they determine the outcome of the game. Cause again, they started getting ticky tack. Well, all that did was send you to the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, helps you, hurt you. But um, at the end of the day, we didn't make free throws on the stretch and box outs and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, you got to do that. 
and and it almost makes it harder because that game was so close because you can find it. It's easy to find. What was the final deficit? Like three? It might have been one. It was. Was it one? It, I one, two, or three. I mean, one. It was a one possession game. Yeah, it was. I mean, you can find one possession a lot of places in a basketball game. Yeah. I've always felt, and you can speak to this as a college basketball player probably more than I can as as the manager towel wiper that I was. <laughs> uh, I've I always thought it was easier just just to get beat by twenty five. Guess what? That thing was better than you that day, and you can yeah. just kind of you can accept that to a degree. Whereas if you lose, but if you lose close, it's hard. It, it's I harder. Mean, it's a hard pill to swallow, and um, to play. You know, we played well and play that physical, and just be in that moment, and all of a sudden it's just ripped away. And that's happened before. You know, a half court shot. I think against the thir- what the third place uh, state tournament. Third game. place game. I remember they still talk about that, and I watched that clip and it's just devastating and it's it's hard you know what erica gartner's takeaway from that clip is she she because she, she had the ball and with about 10 seconds left in that game and i believe the game's tied mm-hmm. and lebeck county had the ball she went way too early and turned it over yeah she should have held that ball to about maybe six or five seconds but she went with about 10 and turned it over with eight and she came on to my show Fairly recently, I mean, you know, I want to say after her basketball season over there at at BMG State, she's an assistant coach now, by the way. How cool is that? That is awesome. I'm excited for her. Uh, One of the first things she said is, I, I, you know, I still think about that and I still think about how, why did I go that early? Why did I do that? Yeah, and I think it's, <laughs> that's that's tough to carry with you for the rest it's of your hard. life. But that's who Erica Gartner is. That I mean, I think you always look back and analyze what could I have done, what should I have done, and there's always going to be something mm-hmm. um, when you're on the losing end. There's always going to be something on the winning end. Like yeah. if this would have gone that, you know, it would have gone this way. But something to learn from, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm just fortunate that we were in that position to. Uh, for me personally, to learn um, in those moments and become better. Mm-hmm. And I know Coach Snyder and Coach Wilson value that as well. And I know the girls don't see it like that as a learning mm-hmm. opportunity, but um, it was for them. And, you know, we, we're we so fortunate to be in they a big moment like that. They won't see that as a learning opportunity until they like, they're already probably. <laughs> they but. won't. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that if you lose a game, it's a learning opportunity. But, um, you know. It's also okay to just sit there and be sad about it and say this yes, sucks and, absolutely. and throw a pity party for yourself for maybe a, like a night or two. Oh yeah, it, that's okay. Yeah. Especially after that <laughs> game, it should hurt. I threw a pity party for myself for a little while, um, and then you know you you, you got you just got to get up the next day and and go to work. Yes, you go back to work and you do it all over again, and that's why we love sports. Yep. Uh, last thing, uh, I. I I don't know why I'm losing my train of thought right now. Uh, oh, you know, we talked a little bit about how the league might look in volleyball this year. How do you think the league will look in basketball this year? Um, Again, Lovett County is going to have the same expectation. You guys are returning your core. You went undefeated in the league last year. The league's going to be a lot younger, I think, as a whole this year. You better go win it. But your, your take on what the league... Let's, let's Do me a favor and let's take Lovett County out of the equation. Who do you think? Give me three teams in this league that you think might be the might be the the kind of the top three with a Lebet County removed. Um, there's always Independence. Um, with their athletic group, they're never bad. They're never bad. They're just so scrappy and mm-hmm. you know in it. Um, their consistency. I think they just got to be consistent throughout. You know, and not have a roller coaster ride of things. Um, 
Parsons is looking spicy. They've got such athletic kids and they're returning, you know, most of their kids and um, they've got a young athletic group of kids coming back. I'll tell you what, that Anaya Hemming girl to me is. She'll be dangerous. She'll be real dangerous. (laughs) She'll be dangerous. I'm excited about her for our area. And I think, you know, I'll say this. I think this speaks to the respect I have for Anna Dean and the type of program you run. But, you know, she comes up to me and talks to me, and I told her, you better be willing to go blow to blow with Anna Dean because you can. Yeah. So, one, that spe- that's a compliment to Anaya because I think she's a young, talented girl. Mm-hmm. But it also means that, that, to me, the standard is what you have on roster right now. Absolutely. Um, I think we're privileged to be able to say, you know, these yeah. kids want to play or go toe-to-toe with any of our kids at any given day. And um, we have a special group. Uh Coach Snyder maintains that. I maintain that. We have a special group of kids um, in the volleyball world and in the basketball world. And um, we have great kids. And, um, you know, off the court, we have a lot of kids that you will want to strive to be in on the court as well. So um, our league, um, it's going to be spicy this year. I'm excited. I I mean, I keep saying that word, but, you know, you never know. And I love Someone Heather Wilson surprise. texted me that. She was making a, a Brandon Palmer <laughs> joke. <man. There laughs> spicy, yes. I don't know. I, I'm stuck on the spicy word, but um, I'm excited about our league. You know, Chanute lost um, Babcock, and they're bringing back. She was so good, by the way. Yeah. I loved watching Corey Babcock play. Yeah, she's smooth, and um, she's continuing on her career, I do believe, at, at Neosho uh, County. Neosho County. So um, good luck to her, but they return um, some kids that are yeah. going to play for not, you know, they don't have anything to lose. So. If you ask me who the best coach in the league not named Christy Snyder was, I'm going to tell you it's Dustin Fox. Oh, yeah. He's always got his kids ready. Um, he's constantly in the gym, constantly working. And um, I have so much respect for him as a coach and mm-hmm. what he's going to bring to the table. He's going to have his kids ready, uh, regardless of who it is. And I think all of the coaches in the league are going to have their kids ready to play. And, um, you know, teams are dangerous when they're playing for something. You don't know if you're going to get a season in, and that's a dangerous place to be. And I- I'm extremely excited. I hope we get knock on wood uh full season in and you know this table is made of wood you don't have there to knock we go. your head there we go. <laughs> I wasn't sure. um no i'm just so excited to get going um we've had our rest and it i took college classes over the summer so if you want to make your summer really long take college classes so <laughs> make your year just make your, never your life just never ending just lose take, track of all time and space yes drag it out by taking college classes <laughs> Hey, congratulations on taking college classes, by the way. You know, I tell anybody who's chasing a master's, it's going to put you in rare, rare, rare company. I know. And that that is an accomplishment. And, you know, any and all parents and people who know you should be proud of you for getting a master's. I know you're pursuing that. Well, thank you. I kind of took the awkward route and I was so busy as such a young head coach that Mm -hmm. uh, there just wasn't a lot of time. And so um, I'm just in a better place personally where I can um, have the time and take classes through Fort Hayes and I'm excited about it and I told you before and I told you again too you left a good legacy at Erie and I still see that legacy you know played out so they 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 have a good program over there you know one thing about the Erie girls basketball team they started out red hot five and oh and then I know I think finished the year what seven and something nine and something I mean they just yeah they hit a wall when kind of when they hit league play a little bit but I mean they I still see Brianna Vollmer in that program to this day because, you know, that team, they, they love to, that team loves to defend and they love to 
get after it and they like building depth. I think what they struck what they particularly struggled with was uh shooting. They they didn't have any outside shooting outside of their point guard. Yeah. And they were a big dominant team with that Maddie Kramer girl. Yeah. And so when you can start doubling and tripling down that, gets and, and don't have an answer for it, that's that's tough. Yeah. I love that. And you know, I said that the last time I was on your show mm-hmm. was that you leave a place better than you found it. And I hope that I did that there. And I, I wish they're great kids. And I had a lot of those kids as, as elementary kids when I taught them. And it's yeah. so awesome to see them be successful now. And um, I wish them nothing but the best. The uh, I'm curious, you know, we talked about rule changes and all that. One last thing before we get out of here. You know, I mentioned doubling down, tripling down, Maddie Kramer. Do you think there should be defensive three seconds in high school basketball? Ooh, that's pushing it with the shot clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I, not in college basketball right now. So really, I mean, we could ask, should it be in college basketball before you say, let's put it in high school? Um, I think it would affect high school basketball more than college basketball, I think, um, just in terms of defensive styles and i think you see a lot i mean how many times do you see a two three zone where that that middle back row person is just it's <laughs> under the hoop and wall and tree up a lot a lot especially in small town basketball um i mean it would just completely alter the game i think probably even more so than a shot clock i don't way know about more, that way more than a shot yeah, clock in my it would opinion. just it would completely change the face of basketball so mm-hmm. um, would it benefit yes but I don't know. So I don't know if we have the talent across the board in all areas to to have that and to understand mm-hmm. that. Um, One thing I, I hate in particular, though, and Dustin Fox mentioned it, and it's kind of on the same iteration, is he coaches like a group of like fourth or fifth graders or something like that, and they took him to some tournament, and all he saw was zone. Yeah. <laughs> why, like, why are we running two, three in fourth grade? You're not teaching kids how to play defense yeah. at that point. And I still maintain, I, I wish that we had a some sort of a rule that, and Coach Wilson does too, she's adamant about this, about, you know, play one quarter of man, no matter what level you're at, whether, obviously not high school, but play one quarter of man. Because if I'm I'm teaching you how to play man defense, I'm, the zone's uh, going to come next. And then yeah. um, the best zones are run with man principles absolutely Syracuse's 2-3 doesn't look like a 2-3 really it looks like a man defense mm-hmm. of how they play it it's just they're playing man just based on who their guy is based on where somebody is not who it is basically but what you see zone is oh guard this area at high school yeah. not yeah. guard the person yeah and I think um you know we at LeBac County we switch things up a lot we take pride mm-hmm. in our defense and I, I think yeah you do <laughs> we do we do and we run so many different defenses and we have so many man principles within our defenses yeah. and, and you run you straight see, on man a lot too yeah. but you do mm-hmm. see the other side of that and that's frustrating as a coach I mean just me personally just the mm-hmm. the stand and um I'm always going to be an advocate for let's teach kids how to play basketball the right way oh yeah and here's the thing too like let's just uh, let's be upfront about your group and I'm going to be I'm going to sound harsher than I am you're not full, your your group that you have at Lebec County right now are not full of offensive juggernauts that can just drop thirty on you at will and win mm-hmm. ISO battles. What they are is they can defend the shit out of you. Absolutely. And, and you guys, you guys probably score about half your points in transition. Absolutely. Just pushing the pace, and that is built through defense and through depth. Like I, you know, the 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 line I use to describe playing you guys, especially with teams in a league, is you might keep pace with them for a little bit, but. 
But guess what? They're gonna. And it's gonna be the fourth quarter, and they're still gonna be throwing bodies at you. Yes, and I like, I, and they're still gonna be pressing you. And it, it's just, how do you withstand that? And that's what makes you guys tough to beat. Yes, uh, I mean our depth and just bringing. It, I mean that's probably looking back. You know, Tipeka Hayden when I was in school. You know, they were bringing six four off the bench, and it was just like, oh my gosh, they keep on coming. And I think if we can maintain that and just have so many kids that can step into so many different roles mm-hmm. and. Um, step on the floor and we don't miss a beat I think that makes us dangerous and and we have the ability to do that right now and we're fortunate and um, we'll be dangerous this year I'm excited fun to watch anything else you want to say before we head out I think we I've t- taken up more of your time than you <laughs> wanted so no I'm I'm happy to be here I'm excited about my new role as mm-hmm. co-athletic director um, <laughs> my my coaching rules don't change um, roles don't change right now my teaching roles don't change right now I'm just adding another a new face and I'm really excited about it I'm excited about what it means for Labatt County and what it means for me and I'm gonna work hard congratulations you now get to be the person one of the people that takes my cold calls when Keisha announces <laughs> something and you get to be sitting there having dinner and all of a sudden, Sean Fry calls you and asks, what do you think about this? <laughs> and you have to think of an eloquent, on-brand response on the spot that will be published in 10 minutes. <laughs> Woo, so, I'm excited. Fun no. times. Uh, congratulations on the new role. I think, you, I think you will represent the school well. I've always gotten along with you, so... Uh, more, more, more of my friends in power. Hooray. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll do it for the war room here on KOKC. Uh, coach Walmer, thank you for coming on excited for what the year has obviously high expectations, uh, for your volleyball and girls basketball programs as always. And, uh, I, I look forward to seeing how that manifests this year for what is, I think a very special senior class. Uh, that'll do it for the war room. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody stay safe. Please get vaccinated. It's not hard. Get vaccinated. God bless and stay safe.